Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. All right, welcome in, everybody. we got to let the stream breathe here just for a moment while we bring on our excellent Facebook community. And we are... Good. Welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, even on New Year's Eve, putting in the time, breaking down your team, showing up for duty. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of, I guess, attendance activity we're going to get from the community tonight. Already a lot of Good comments and questions and whatnot in the in the chat, but it's New Year's Eve, dude, and I think people, a lot of people, are out partying, having fun, seeing family and whatnot. But you know, Happy New Year! If I don't talk to you in the morning, yeah, Happy New Year, Chad. Happy New Year to everyone out there, everyone who's not listening, who's going to listen after the fact tomorrow or the next day. Happy New Year! I hope to God 2021 is a lot better. I don't know how it could be worse. I don't want to jinx it, Chad, but I have a lot of hopes tied up in this year, and I hope it's uh, starts off with a bang starting Sunday with a victory. Speaking of uh, something happening anyway with a bang, we had an interesting pair of roster moves that came down the pike today at Broncos HQ. And it's actually quite bizarre because even though Vic Fangio has been talking about it for, for a couple of days, been getting questions because of the practice report that we've seen, Shelby Harris was placed on injured reserve today. And then Jake Butt, you know, activated. <clears throat> and of course, Jake Butt hasn't seen the field since week eight. But here's why I say it was a weird thing with Shelby. Of course, the whole famous incident of he's on the road, gets the call from his from his pregnant wife. I'm going into labor. My water has broken. They ultimately decide, all right, I'm going to stay and finish the game. The Broncos fly him back. He gets there just in time to uh, usher his namesake, his, his Shelby Harris Jr. into the world. And then the next morning, Zach, Monday, he comes into the facility and his knee is bothering him. And they're still evaluating it to see what exactly is wrong with it. But they said, you know, we're not going to screw with it. Put him on injured reserve. Hello, Jake Butt. I feel bad for Shelby Harris, man. What an injury plague, you know, just a, a cursed season in a sense for him when he could have made a lot more money. Uh, in the 11 games he did play, I think he warranted getting his long-term extension and as always, hashtag pay Shelby. It's unfortunate, you know, the, the injured reserve is almost a formality because he wasn't going to play anyway. It's the last game of the year. It's just a, a roster transaction they had to make to get Butt back on the roster. 
But speaking of Jake Butt, Chad, we are well past the point of expecting anything from that man. This is the final game in a Denver uniform for Jake Butt. And you know what? For his sake, I hope he goes out fairly strong. I don't know. I, 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 I tend, I'm inclined to agree with you on that just based on the odds. All right. He's appeared in exactly eight NFL games and he's been in the league since 2017. So I'm inclined to agree with you. But this thing, you guys have heard me talk about it on this podcast many times before, keeps bothering me in the back of my mind. The Broncos have shown very unusual, exceeding patience with Jake Butt. Even, I mean, any other fourth, fifth, sixth round pick that had that kind of injury curse, that, that, that lack of availability for that many consecutive years, the Broncos cut bait a long time ago. But they haven't with Jake Butt. And I think it's because John Elway really, really resonates, likes Jake Butt, and believes in Jake Butt. But here's the wrinkle, Zach. As you said, he's going to hit free agency. And because he re- he basically redshirted his rookie year, he actually is going to be a restricted free agent. So he's not going to initially hit unrestricted free agency unless the Broncos opt not to RFA tender him, which – I don't expect them to do. You don't expect them to do. And here's one of the reasons why. If they RFA tender Jake Butt, Zach, the lowest one, the original round tender, it would pay him upwards of just, let's say, just shy of two and a half million for 2021. More likely what I see happening in the best case scenario for Jake Butt as it relates to the Broncos is, you know, they let him know, hey, we're not going to tender you. He hits unrestricted free agency. And kind of like they did with Devontae Bosby as an ERFA, right, as an exclusive rights they don't tender him, but then they come to the table and say, hey, we want you back. Here's kind of a low-end, you know, bet minimum type thing. I could see that happening, but I'm not counting on it. You could say he's redshirted for four years now. You know, not just not just most of his rookie year or anything like that. He, he really wasn't close to materializing as Elway ever anticipated getting him in the fifth round. He was a second-round prospect, but the injury, his injury jacket's always been his biggest red flag, and he never shook that at the professional level. But listen, to play devil's advocate, even if Jake Butt does come back next season, let's say fully healthy for Jake Butt, whatever that may be, what is he going to offer this tight end room? You invested a first-round pick in Noah Fant, who looks like a perennial pro bowler, if not all pro. You invested a mid-round pick in Alberto, who showed flashes before he went down. He's going to come back as maybe the distant third tight end on the depth chart. So is that really worth spending that money or investing or holding that hope for a guy that hope sailed away a long, long time ago, Chad, at least in my opinion? Honestly, I would be okay with it if it's a vet minimum type deal on a one, two-year deal tops. Vet minimum, let him come in, and here's why. Yes, you get Nick Van, uh, Nick Vanette back for year two of his two-year contract next year. If the Broncos decide to keep Nick Vanette, which I think they will, but you don't necessarily know how and when exactly Albert O is going to bounce back from that, that ACL. And so I could see the Broncos talking themselves into saying, hey, we want to bring Jake back just because we want to hedge in case the worst thing that could happen is we throw 900 k at Jake Buck for 2021 – and he ends up riding the pine for most of the year because Alberto was ahead of schedule and hit the ground running. And, you know, we have the new age Aaron Hernandez and, and Rob Gronkowski. These are all, you know, outlier type best case scenarios. But I'm telling you right now, John Elway loves Jake Buck. 
I, I guess in that scenario, I'd rather have a player who didn't have four knee surgeries. I mean, take your throw a dart at the draft board and just draft a tight end, and you have three young tight ends in that room. You have a veteran in Nick Vanette. I think you can go to war with that, Chad. I just I I disagree with you slightly in the sense of what upside could Jake Butt really bring to this team, even fully healthy, even though Elway loves him and he's holding on to that in hopes he can salvage him. It just looks like a little unrealistic at this point. Yeah, the best ability is availability. It's really is tragic because Jake Butt was, you know, a great. Thank you for the stars, Marcus. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, You know, he was a not just a good college tight end. He was a great collegiate tight end talent up the wazoo, but he just can't stay on the field. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to, to see how it plays out. But before we get to matters of business, Zach, let me let me pose to you this question. Has Shelby Harris played his last game as a Bronco? Oh, man. My heart says no. You know, I want him to get paid. I don't know that he's going to get like a $12, $13 million a year deal because of his injury, because of how he ended the season, because he missed a handful of games. I do think the Broncos will do right by him more so and give him a three-year deal, maybe six, seven, eight million million a year, half of which is guaranteed. I think the Broncos will take care of Shelby Harris, especially if they move on from Jarrell Casey, Chet. Because then you have a a money you can play around with. Jarrell Casey didn't show much this season where Shelby Harris, no matter what the situation, what the game, he always makes an impact. So I do think he comes back. But based on the way they treated him last year and Derek Wolf, they pushed two starting defense events out the door. I can't say it's a certainty he's going to come back. But I I hashtag pay Shelby, and I'm hoping every single day he gets that contract. I'll tell you what, it would not make John Elway or – uh, Matt Russell looked very smart and savvy to let Shelby Harris go. Now I get it that you've got Jarrell Casey and, and as the guys who consummated that trade from Tennessee, you believe in him five-time pro bowler and all that, but he just turned 31. He missed a, a, nearly an entire season. Meanwhile, Shelby's on the upswing of his career and you know, he's, he's produced for you. He's developed under your wing, right? Bill Kalar basically took Shelby Harris from a, no-name, forgettable X-Raiders seventh-round pick and turned him into one of the better defensive linemen in the league. And so I think that's just a gift horse if you're the Broncos. You don't look it in the mouth. You just bite the bullet. You pay him, even if that means you make a tough decision on Jarrell Casey. And, Zach, as I was researching this today, writing up the article, you know what? If the Broncos moved on from Jarrell Casey, zero dead cap, by the way, and A.J. Bouye, zero dead cap, by the way, they would free up 25 million bucks and some change. So that's enough lettuce, in my opinion, my estimation, to fit not only Shelby Harris under the 2021 cap and beyond, but also Justin Simmons. And then you can explore the possibility of cutting Kareem Jackson and freeing up another $11, $12 million, Chad, and negligible uh, dead money. I see two comments here I want to highlight. One comment says, I think they like Draymond too much to keep Shelby Harris. They need two starting defensive ends, though, guys. They need to have a bookend, and Draymond is certainly, he's a beast, Chad. Bill Collard did a wonderful job with him. He's a longtime starter in this league for the Broncos. You need the other guy, though. If it's not Jarrell Casey, to me, it has to be Shelby Harris. And Christos has a really good comment here. He said he will stay because the Broncos flew him back personally on a charter jet to be there for the birth of his son. I don't think that's a good point. I don't think they do that for someone they want to discard in a few weeks. Fair point. I think it's a positive omen, right? It's a it's a it's a good harbinger of what could come. And Chase has re-signed Shelby, but cut Casey and give McTelvin Ajim 
more snaps. Yeah, McTelvin McGee is, is definitely going to be in line for, for more snaps in 2021. We're, we're going to continue to break this down and get to all of that. And, guys, we'll see. I mean, we, there's plenty to talk about in terms of uh, the Denver Broncos matchup this week. It's I know it's kind of uh, zero zero stakes besides pride in terms of what they're actually playing for this this week. But, nevertheless, it's the Raiders. It's a Raider week. And so we're going to sink our teeth into that, get to your questions, your super chats, here in just a second. But first, we got to take care of some quick matters of business, starting with a, a hearty thank you to the sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, sportsbetting.com. Right now, gambling is legal in the state of Colorado. And if you're looking to make watching your favorite sports a little bit more interesting, just like fantasy football, sportsbetting.com is your no-brainer destination. And here's why. Three factors. Number one, you get the sharp odds and low juice. Number two, you get hassle-free bonuses that you can roll over and access and use after betting at one time compared to the other sites out there, which I will not name this time, uh, that make you do it five to 30 times. Three, you get 24-7 live customer support. And it's always a real person in the United States, which is crucial if you're trying to, if you're dealing with anything that has to do with your coin, your money, and you got a question, you got an issue, you need to talk to someone, you want to talk to someone. All right, so sportsbetting.com has your back on that. But here's the kicker. Right now, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will match it up to $750. That is $750 in free bet credits. Plus, right now with the NBA having kicked off, uh, I should say tipped off, you also get $25 in free bet credits for the NBA. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle and capitalize on up to $750 in free bet credits and start 2021 off on the right foot. All right, let me just grab a couple quick things here, and then we'll dive right back in. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and then the main account, at MileHighHuddle. You get those two clicked. You're not going to miss anything pod-related or breaking Broncos news and analysis. My partner, Zach Kalberman, on Twitter, at KalbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And our producer, John Cronenberg, on Twitter, though, at John KMHH. Um, check out the merch store, guys. You guys demanded the merch store. This time last year, Zach, what's funny, we didn't have the merch store, yeah. right? We were sitting here on December 31st, 2019. The merch store was not a thing. It became a thing because you all manifested it, and, uh, you know, we obliged. And Zach did, did all the, uh, you know. The elbow grease. Those four years have flown by, haven't they, Chad? Since since we launched the store, it's really just been <laughs> it's felt unbelievable. Like unbelievable. You guys have just made that uh, a huge success for us, and so thank you. It, it all adds up. It all helps. MHH. It helps myself. It helps Zach. So get a hat. Go get a T-shirt, a hoodie, mug, face mask, little something for everybody. And then also a shout out to our Facebook supporters. We love you guys. As our following on Facebook continues to grow, consider becoming a supporter because starting next week, we are dedicating content specific only. We're going to continue to do these live streams pods every night. That's going to be access to everybody. But we're also going to start dedicating a little sliver of content, not a little, a lot of sliver of content uh, to our official Facebook supporters, Kelberman's Corner. We got some hot takes coming down the pike from, from your boy, Zach. So, Become a supporter. Just click the big blue button if you're on Facebook, you're in like Flynn. And if you're not able to do those things, it's all good. Please subscribe, though. Please like this video. And if it's any good, you know, Zach and I are doing a good job. Share it out there. Help us continue to grow. And we are a growing 
you guys might have heard me mention it yesterday, but we have already at, at MHH obliterated all of our previous records for traffic, for views, the whole nine yards. We doubled that in December, and that's thanks to you guys. So we love you, appreciate you, the word of mouth, the clicks, the shares, it all adds up. We love you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Another week, another Broncos loss, but this time to the Chargers. There's always something, though, to help brighten your week after such a tough loss, and that's Coors Hard Seltzer, rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability as a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Gang, never before has it been so easy to make a difference in the world and volunteer Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering because our waterways, gang, they are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, but through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. The way it works, each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results? 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. Four refreshing flavors, gang. One cool cause. Enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. The specs are in. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories, Zach. Ooh, Chad, what a tough loss today's game was, but the one constant, the one thing that makes me happy throughout this entire season has been the Coors Hard Seltzer. Today, I had my black cherry with me, but it's been I've been changing that up as I've gone along every week. And going forward into the offseason, Coors Hard Seltzer is my drink of choice. So, gang, you heard it here. Make a difference. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, we got Zeus. Wow. Jumping in with a plum as he is, I mean, so generous. I can't believe it, man. Just thank you so much, Stu, and hope you have a very, very happy new year and a great 2021. And he says, thanks for all the great work this year. Really appreciate that, my friend. It does mean a lot to us. 
Stu's ending the year the way he started it, Chad, with total abandon in support of our podcast and our show and, and what we do. Stu, you are the best, and that is why we look up and we see you up there as the founding father. Thank you so much, and special mile high salute to you and your family. Yep, give our best to the McPeak fam, and uh, wish them the best as well. Wow. Geez, another superstar, another MHH Mount Rushmore guy. Top rope, Chris Hernandez, 24-year veteran. By the way, Chris, you're going to have to let us know when that Ticker clicks over to 25-year veteran of the United States Air Force. But, man, just extremely generous. Thank you so much, my friend. You know how much we love you and appreciate you. And uh, it just means a lot. He says, Happy New Year to you both and the MHH fam. Cheers. Hashtag Go Broncos. Amen, Chris. And we're hoping 2021 brings you much better results on the Broncos side uh, than, than 2020. And Chris, you're right next to Stu. We have your bus being made up right now. You're among the the idolized superstars that we have on our program and on our podcast. Thank you so much, Chris. And we hope personally for you that 2021 is much, much better. All right. Oh, we also got Black Knight, our friend Jeremy, jumping in with a super. Thank you, my friend. Really appreciate that. Another longtime listener, another longtime superstar. Just unbelievable support. He says, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm going to be playing Cyberpunk 2077, so I won't be on. Catch the episode on Spotify. Right on. Thanks, Jeremy. Zach, I'd be lying to you if I, if I told you I know what Cyberpunk 2077 is, but I bet my, I bet my, my sons know. I thought I saw something on Twitter about it. It was like a trending topic, something with the game. I, it's a video game, but I'm not really in, huge into that realm. So, uh, Jeremy, we appreciate it, and we hope you're doing well with your gaming, and we wish you the best of luck uh, for next year or next season, whatever it may be. Yeah, I guess the question is from John. He wants to know, is it running okay? But I think Jeremy, I think he dipped out, right? We'll see. Um, Jerry, real quick, one of our supporters on Facebook. Good to see you, by the way, Jerry. Happy New Year. He says, I heard the NFL may screw us out of offseason OTAs. Yes. Well, not the NFL. NFL PA. JC Treader. Is it Treader? I almost botched his name. Yeah, Treader. Um, the center of the Cleveland Browns is also the president of the NFLPA. And he put out a statement today saying basically that, hey, 2020, the, the pandemic has been one heck of a roller coaster. But if it's done anything, it's told, it's taught us, it's hammered home the realization that we don't need OTAs. The whole offseason thing is arduous. It's, it's overbearing. You know, we don't need that. because. And then he listed a bunch of factors for as evidence, you know, uh, all-time low penalties, still good scoring uh, offenses. Defense, though, defenses have definitely taken a step back this year, in my estimation. And then, of course, all the injuries. He didn't really mention the injuries. So I think Zach, that's hit the first volley on the part of the NFLPA to test the resolve of the owners and this this new CBA, which they codified and, and executed you know, less than a year ago, right before the pandemic started, to see if maybe they can find wiggle room to get out of OTAs. JC needs to speak for himself because there's a lot of benefit to having OTAs and having those offseason reps. And I understand from his point of view, it's all about player safety and these players first, but there's a compromise. Maybe they won't go full tilt. Maybe they'll have less OTAs or different different ways they can structure them, but they're going to have some sort of offseason program. A little off topic, though. It's funny to me, Chad. Do you see the Dolphins quarterback news today? 
Uh, Fitzpatrick tested real quick, tested uh, positive for CV, and then Tua was not named a close contact of him, so he's eligible to play Sunday. He's been literally around him nonstop the past few days. How wasn't he deemed a close contact, but the entire Denver quarterback room was? It's further proof the NFL screwed the Broncos in Week 12. I'm still not over it, Chad. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Tua was not named a close contact and going into protocol quarantine as well he has a name that's why it's because the dolphins weren't dumb enough to send the actual footage uh, videotape of how these (laughs) quarterbacks were interacting fair point too look the broncos though in their defense they did so fully in good faith and based on what they had described to the nfl front office in terms of what they had seen on the tape what the tape revealed the NFL gave them the understanding that, oh, then, yeah, you're, I'm, I'm, we're sure you're right. Then send it on over. They'll be okay. No big deal. <clears throat> so the Broncos send the, the footage, and then, boom, they drop the hammer a day and a half later, pulling the quarterbacks off the practice field. So I, I'm guessing the Dolphins learn from that because word gets around quick, right? And I'm guessing they're going, oh, what's that, Roger? You want the uh, video footage from our QB room? Oh, you know what? I'm – I'm just, you know, in my ear, I just learned camera just stopped working two days ago. Dude. I don't know what I can do for you. Yeah, I just, uh, I feel like if the Broncos had a Tua, a name quarterback, or if the Broncos were in playoff contention like Miami was, they would have had their quarterback against the Saints in Week 12. Uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy how uh, hypocritical on the double standards they employed this year at the NFL with, with literally, they were so transparently open with screwing over Denver and giving different teams special advantages, Chad. It's it's really sickening. Shout out also to Marcus. We we appreciate multiple stars, my friend. That means a lot to us on Facebook. The Queen jumping in. Appreciate you, Christy, with a message to, to us and to the entire MHH community. She says, Happy New Year. Wishing you all a better year with health and whatever wealth is to you. Thank you to the MHH crew and especially our Huddle Up guys for bringing us another season of Broncos Talk. Appreciate that so much, Christy, and everything that uh, you mean to this community. That's why you're holding the crown, and you always will as the queen of this podcast. Thank you so, so much, Christy. Happy New Year. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Uh, Deshaun Williams, Denver DNV3, wants to know, also, what about Deshaun Williams, perhaps, to replace Shelby? So, like, if Shelby does end up, you know, departing, uh, there's always a chance, right? Because, listen, no one would have guessed that Shelby Harris, when he was acquired on a futures deal back in early 2017, that he was going to become the guy that he became. But, you know, he had a little draft pedigree in that he was at least a draft pick, right? He was, thank you for the stars, Millie. Appreciate that, my friend. Um, you know, he was at least a former draft pick. Deshaun Williams, you, ne- you never know what the future can can hold for him, especially if he s- stays under the wing of Bill Kalar, who 
for everything I've heard, plans on continuing to coach in 2021. But let's face it, the one thing Shelby has that is just impossible to coach, impossible to teach, you either got it or you don't, that clutch gene, Zach, when the chips are down, you need a play, whether it's third down, whether it's you know getting a sack tip, uh, forcing the ball out, blocking a punt or a, a, a kick or an extra point. I mean, it's just he's in so much intercepting a, a pass in the right. end zone against Big Ben and the Steelers to secure the dub. I mean, this is just a guy who saves his best for those key moments, and that's one of the reasons that he is so valuable, and the Broncos would just be ridiculously unwise to let him hit the bricks. And who else on the Von Miller-less Broncos defense has that clutch factor? Who else is making plays in the clutch? Even Justin Simmons, Chad. I know he had a he secured the Dolphins win with interception, but he doesn't really make those clutch game-changing plays too often. And Bradley Chubb had a great season. They they aren't those clutch game-changing plays. Shelby Harris manages to do that every single game almost in in fourth quarter, late game situations, batting a pass down, getting a sack, stuffing a run, and he's earned it. He's been great for the locker room, great for the defense. As much as I do like Deshaun Williams, I don't think he's starting caliber just yet. He's a nice backup and project guy to have for the same reason why Demarcus Walker isn't ready to be a starter just yet. You need to have depth pieces too. Not everyone can be a starter uh, along your depth chart. So Shelby and Draymond are your starters, and you can bring back Deshaun Williams, you can bring back Demarcus Walker, you bring back Mike Purcell next year as your nose tackle, that's a pretty good defensive line, and you can mix and match, but to to forego Shelby Harris for Deshaun Williams, I can never get on board with that. Not only that, but Deshaun's more of a, he's more of a tackle, you know, he's more of a zero and a one technique guy, and Shelby, you know, he's more than that. Marcus wants to know, why would we give up on Shelby when he is on the ascent? Well, it's just, you know, business decisions get made in the NFL year in and year out that leave you scratching your head. And we've seen it from time to time. I think for the most part, Elway has actually been quite good and savvy in terms of how he's opted to, who he's opted to keep over the years, who he's opted to to allow to hit the bricks. I can't really think of anyone that's left and it's blown up in his face and you're going, man, that was a big mistake. But you, someone right now, put it in the comments, who am I, who, who am I missing out on? But nevertheless, Zach, this is one of those scenarios where I think you're right. I think the Omen and the Harbinger was last week in how Elway, Joe Ellis, they bent over backwards to get Shelby home in time for the birth of his son, giving him the, their own private jet. You get home. That That's a strong show. It's almost like a recruiting tool. You know, it's the type of thing right. you see, you know, when you're trying to get Peyton Manning to sign with the Denver Broncos, you're jet setting, you're doing all these individual big uh, overtures to make an impression it kind of felt that way in a, in, a, in a way. The only reason he wouldn't be resigned is because the Broncos have an aversion up until recently, I guess, with McManus uh, is re-signing their own players and Garrett Bowles. If they're over that, Chad, it's not based on merit. I mean, Shelby Harris has deserved a new deal since last season. And in the games he played this season, he's been worthy of a long-term investment. So the Broncos front office has to recognize that. And I think... It's a great comment Christos pointed out about the plane, and you said a recruiting tool. They wouldn't do that for Demarcus Walker. They wouldn't do that for Deshaun Williams. The fact they did that for Shelby Harris means, I think, and I hope, he's in their future plans. David, appreciate those stars on Facebook, my friend. Thank you, David. And, and guys, if you're watching on Facebook, and many of you are right now, giving stars is like another way. It's similar to on YouTube giving up a super chat. The only difference is here. For whatever reason, we'll have to look into this once things slow down for us, but StreamYard doesn't show us the stars. It just shows the blank, but that's how we know it's it's stars. But nevertheless, David, appreciate you, my friend. Let me grab this real quick from Josh. Oh, actually, no, grab Christy. I didn't see that. Put Christy on. My gosh. 
Wow. Just top rope. Everyone, our, 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 our cornerstone community members, the true MHH Mount Rushmore showing up right now in a big, bad way. We're feeling the love. She's the matriarch of our podcast. I mean, she's the, she really is the backbone and she's been so supportive and Christy, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so, so much. We love you, and again, have a great and merry and happy new year. By the way, Christy, we we let everyone know yesterday what a couple of our um, resolutions, New Year's resolutions are. We're curious to know what your resolution is for, for 2021. Hit us and let us know in the chat. But, yeah, thank you, my friend. We love you. We appreciate you, and happy new year. Uh, Josh wants to know, Zach, or it's, it's more like a exercising of the demon, getting it off his chest. He says, man – just beat the Raiders and everything's okay for me. We need to right that wrong. Losing to them earlier this season and then beating your rival is always a positive for confidence. Yeah, I think it's a it's not gonna really change any whatever the the wheels are in motion right now aren't gonna be changed whether the Broncos win or, or lose to the Raiders. But anytime you can end the year on a positive note, especially when you're missing the playoffs, any kind of modest momentum at all can be a good thing. Now, it didn't end up serving the Broncos too well this year in terms of finishing 4 and 1 last last season and winning what was it? Uh one to uh th- their final 3 games, right? Houston? No, no. To uh to Kansas City. Right, right. That was right smack dab in the middle. So, the, you know, four of their final 5 games didn't serve them quite as well as as you would hope, but there were some mitigating reasons for that. Starts with a P. Also, you know, uh, C and a V and all this. So a win would be great, but at the same time, it's not going to necessarily change what might happen on Monday. That's why I don't really subscribe to that. Oh, if you end the season on a positive note, it can have momentum for the next season. I mean, you're talking about months, months in gaps between season to season, and things are much different. I mean, when the season ends, it's a closed book, and you open a new book for a new season. It's not a different chapter. Uh, In terms of this last game, Of course, I would like to see the Broncos sweep with the Raiders and not get swept by them. I mean, split with them and uh, have some competitive juices and go out on a winning note. But let me also posit one thing. Would it be in the Broncos' best interest, just hear me out, to maybe lose this game for draft position? I don't advocate tanking, but there's no such thing as tanking with one game left. If they do lose, it's a win-win almost, guys. If they lose this game, they get a better draft pick. If they win, they beat their rival and they go out with some momentum. But if they lose, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It could be the difference between Micah Parsons and a different player, Caleb Farley and a different player. Is there, is there a positive if the Broncos do lose this game on Sunday? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lorenzo, here's your shout-out, my friend. We appreciate your support on Facebook. It means a lot to us, by the way. You know, I learned this today for what it's worth. I'm watching uh, Peyton's Places on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, they got me with the Elway Cross episode. I think I did. I tell this story off air, or did I tell? I yeah. think it was with you, myself, and Kim. But I ended up uh, ponying up for an ESPN Plus because I wanted to see the Elway Cross episode. So I did, and I, I paid the money and I watched that one. But then I just went to the very beginning, season one, and started watching each one. I haven't watched or listened to anything else. And like, I have something in my ear all day long, no matter what I'm doing. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to a book. This was all I've been watching, and one of the things that uh, I was just reminded of, Lorenzo, maybe you didn't know this, my dog, is that Brett Favre, his middle name, Lorenzo. You're welcome. The more you know. The more you know. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) All right, let me see here. Uh, um, Yeah, Caleb, he says uh, losing greater than winning this week. He's talking about draft position here. Um, Let me grab this one from Cop16. 
on YouTube. If we finish last in the West, do we have an easy schedule? You have an easier schedule, but it's very subjective because the NFL, Zach, is the king of parity, right? You, you, you never know which teams are, are going to go from worst to first uh, on a year-in and year-out basis. But, yeah, first team, first place teams play first first place schedules and so on and so forth. So, yeah, if they do finish last, maybe they get a break finally in the, in the scheduling. Yeah. But these last couple of years, look, they haven't even made the playoffs and they're getting – you know, second hardest strength of schedule, a uh, first tie for first hardest strength of schedule. It hasn't made that much of a difference when it all comes out in the wash. And it sucks because the NFL has this, you know, the secret sauce formula for the for the schedule and the schedule strength of schedule and the percentages and all that. The Broncos have been screwed for sure, but let me tell you something. They've also been in these games, even against the Chiefs. They gave Mahomes all he could handle. They, they are mostly in games against the elite teams. If they take care of business, the schedule ranking won't matter. The SOS won't matter next year if they play to their potential. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Still, I know you've been with us since the 24-7 VIP days. I remember your handle over at uh, uh, at 24-7 Sports when MHH was on 24-7. So we, we appreciate you, my friend, and I know you've been with us a long time. He says, I've been with you guys since the VIP days. Did anyone see the stupid face J.J. Abrams made in the draft? J.J. Abrams. Isn't Jonathan that the Abrams? Star Wars stuff? Yeah, it's a director, I think, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Abram, right? He's probably talking about Jonathan Abram. Abram. yeah. On those video intros they show for players. I haven't – I'm not sure exactly what you're saying, Stu, but he's Let's kind of a character. <laughs> Let's see it. You want me to try and find it? Let's see it. I'll take another All question. Right. John, serve one up while we we'll pull this up right now. I want to see the stupid face he made. Uh, what is it, draft video face? I guess it was the intro video for uh, Jonathan Abram. Frederick, right, you I want a shout-out? You got it. Uh, he says, can I get a shout-out? You guys are awesome. Thank you for tuning in, Frederick. Uh, this is your shout-out. We hope you like it. We hope you enjoy the show, and uh, have a great and happy New Year. Safe New Year. All yeah, right, much Kenneth, love to you, my friend. Kenneth jumping in. Good, good to see you, Kenneth. As always, 499, thank you so, so much. He says, what stat line did Rippon have to not have to have to not want to go after a vet quarterback? 
What stat line did Rippon have to have to not want to go after a vet quarterback? So meaning if he was a better backup, what would he have to do to be a better backup? I don't think it was dependent on him. I think it's dependent on Drew Locke. I mean, that's the way they shape the decisions at quarterback is how he does as the potential franchise guy. Rippon was always going to be the clipboard holder and the brains. He was always going to be the Kellen Moore on the sideline, the coach with the helmet on the sideline that can relate to Drew Locke. I don't think he can do anything, Chad, that would have solidified the Broncos going after a vet or not going after a vet. Wow. Thanks again, Marcus. Let me say this, and Kenneth, we love you, my friend. Here's the thing about Rip, and he did in terms of the stat, Aaron. Thank, thank you, Aaron. Stars means a lot. Um, in terms of the stat, he did it. He already provided it, and that was the win on the road against the Jets. Yeah, it was the hapless, lowly Jets, but, you know, it was very imperfect performance. How many picks did he throw that game, Zach? Three? I think he had two touchdowns, three picks. Yep. Got a Herculean contribution from Melvin Gordon, who incidentally – Rushed for 107 yards that day. Guess how many yards he needs to break 1,000 tomorrow or on Sunday? 107 for whatever it's worth. So I think Rippon secured a place on the team next year regardless. But does he – did that convince anyone upstairs, for example, Zach, that he can be the mentor? Well, he's not a mentor. He's, he's a peer. You know, they came in the same class basically right. – and uh, if anything, jo- uh, Drew Locks probably views him, at least on a subconscious level, as below me, right? You're, you're the guy that didn't get drafted. You're my backup. That doesn't mean it ever, like, is, is um, you know, communicated. It doesn't come out that way in terms of their relationship. But that's not how Drew views it. Whereas if you were to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, just as an example, and you drop that resume, and he goes, boom, and it just keeps unrolling and unrolling and unrolling. And he's Drew's like, dang, dude, this is a guy that's got some experience. When he talks, I'm going to listen. And not that he doesn't listen to Rippon, but it's just a different dynamic. If the Broncos, Zach, ultimately prioritize that mentor type and a guy to push, Rippon ends up taking a, a, a little bit of a backseat. Yeah. But I'm not convinced they're going to do that because as much as I think it would be a good thing to bring in that vet and also provide some heat you know, in terms of just enough pressure on Drew to where he he knows he's got to perform, right? You're, you're Brett Favre, who just got put into the game because Don Mikowski went down the magic man, and you know he's going to be back soon enough, so you got to keep your pedal to the metal because that was the starter. That was everyone. That was the guy everyone in Green Bay loved, and so you got you just can't relinquish it. Kind of like the, the mentality Brock had, Oswald, when he took over for Peyton in 2015. He knew if he let up off the gas even for a second, it was going to be all too easy to go back to that uh, to, to the five-time NFL MVP Peyton Manning. So a little bit different sauce, a little bit different flavor in terms of this specific situation. But I think the Broncos would be better served bringing in a veteran and just saying, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna roster three quarterbacks again, guaranteed, no matter what." Yeah, I'm with you. I do think he does return next year, though I think he comes back as a number three or maybe a practice squad quarterback if he has the eligibility for that. You know, you never know what the rules anymore. Uh, but, you know, he showed what he's going to be. He showed what his ceiling is. And the Broncos, I don't think we're ever really expecting anything. I saw one comment that compared him to Trevor Simeon. That's exactly who he is. He's a career backup. He's a number two and a heady one, a, a mentor type, big brains, a lot of smarts, and he's willing to work with the guy in front of him. He was a dart throw for Denver. And you know what? They landed a guy who can help out the young quarterback now, who can step in and make some plays if it calls for it, but he's not going to preclude the Broncos from either moving on from Drew Locke, supporting Drew Locke, or bringing another quarterback in the building. He is who he is, and he's just there. Kenneth, I'm going to pick a bone with that dude. 
I'm going to say Kubiak, and I'm going to say Bubby. I like Steve Berline. He served his purpose for his brief time that he was he was in town, but I got to go with with Kub, and then I got to go with Bubby, then I got to go with Brock. Then I would consider Berline, but there were there were a few of those type of quarterbacks in the post Elway Shanahan years before um not before. Well, yeah, before Cutler. So in between the Greasy and Cutler days, there was a few guys there that yeah, Gus Farrat, another guy. Um, but those would be my three, Zach, all-time backups, Kubiak, Bubby, Brock. Because I still consider Brock to be – he was the backup, right? He wasn't the guy. He was a backup, and then he left. I got my three. I got Mark Sanchez, Paxton Lynch, and Austin Davis. <laughs> those are the three best backups in Broncos history. Dude, well, Chad Kelly can't get, get a break. Oh, dude. man, Chad Kelly. I, I wiped him from my memory, you know. He, he hurt me too much, Chad, too many times. Christy says, I'm not one for resolutions, but focus on health, spending time with the ones I love, and of course, a better Broncos season. Love to uh, you love to you all. Be safe and be nice. Everyone. Perfectly said. Thank you, Christy. Awesome. Um, all right, let me see here. I'm going to, while we kind of let the John, if we have uh oh, it did just do a jump on me. So anything you got, get get it going. I do want to do we're at 37 minutes. We're about 38 minutes. I want to do a little bit of a comparison Broncos Raiders before we get out of here. Kenneth though. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, Oh, it's, 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 it's yeah, the same. The- that, that was the same one. Um, one more. There was one right below him. Hold on. I jumped right over it. There he is. Never got Anthony. Abrams draft video. I, I looked, dude, there's too many options and everyone's like a minute and a half. It's not like a little two or three second yeah. clip where I can find out real quick if that was the one he's talking about or not. So we'll we'll holler back at you, Stu, and see if we can find it, and we'll talk about it. Maybe gut reaction. Uh, Mark Anthony just has become so consistent, you know, as a superstar. Anytime he's in the chat, he's he's showing us love and support. So thank you, Mark. And he says, "Happy New Year." Remember that the start of a new year doesn't make it all better. Work hard, stay humble, and most importantly, <laughs> F word the Raiders. FTR. Thank you, Mark. Happy New Year. Appreciate you, dog. Um, Holden, and then we'll do some uh, some comparisons here. Appreciate you, my friend. Been with us a long time as well as far as listening to this pod. Whenever I see him in the stream, if he's in the chat and he's talking, he's also showing us love on Super Chat, so appreciate you, Holden. He says, it's a win-win scenario Sunday. Either we beat the Raiders or we get a better draft spot and push a rival further back in the draft. Hashtag. No hashtag, but Denver Broncos for life. Fair point, dude. It really is. So just kick back and enjoy this one, right? Just, you know, I mean, maybe maybe this is kind of the mindset some of you have had since the Buffalo game, 86, the Broncos officially from playoff contention. But just kick back and enjoy this one. You know, the stakes are, are minimal, and either result, there's a silver lining. Some of them might have checked out after the week 12, you know, that whole travesty. And I wouldn't blame them, but, you know, it is a win-win. I mean, take away the emotional investment of, you know, having to win this game or something, somebody having to prove something. There's no more football after this. It's the offseason. So if they win, great. They, they you know, they put a, a damper on the Raiders' season. If they lose, they get a better draft pick. It's truly a win-win scenario. Uh, DNV3 jumps in to say, Micah Parsons isn't the best in coverage. So I feel... Like they won't take him. Maybe. I know that's not his forte, but he is just a phenomenal athlete. And as someone who is yet to really jump too far into really studying the the tape that's available to us on these prospects, 
I'm not going to go too far into that, but I know Eric Trickle, our senior draft analyst at MHH, he's of the opinion that he's not so great in coverage as well. But I think you put him in a Vic Fangio scheme and you put him under a Vic Fangio wing and you might see a lot of that stuff kind of get coached out. And you put him in between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Those are two pretty good guys to play in between. And also keep in mind, look at the Broncos starting inside linebackers that Fangio did handpick. Josie Jewell and A.J. Johnson. Those guys are terrible in coverage. So Micah Parsons would be, you know, Patrick Willis in his prime compared to them. I'm all for MP in the first round, Jen. Shout out to Albert. Good to see you, my friend. An official supporter on Facebook. Also, he's a superstar. Been with us a long time. Happy New Year's to you, my friend. Um Kenneth says, what's your New Year's resolution if you're the Broncos? That's a good question. Man, Kenneth, I should have texted you or something and been like, hey, dude, give me a good idea for an article, man. I need some page views. What, what, what do you got? That, that probably would have been a good idea. I maybe would want to think about that a little bit more, but what do you got, Zach? I have a few. I mean, one of them is invest in my own if I'm thinking about the Broncos. I mean, invest in Justin Simmons, invest in Shelby Harris. You might want to even pay a guy like Tim Patrick or or Philip Lindsay. And also the other one, it's the same one as it should have been last year, is do whatever it takes to fix that offense and make it what it should be. Whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's Pat Shermer or not, that has to be your central focus. It cannot be another rudderless season in 2021. It cannot be another playoffless season with a losing record. They have to fix the offense and go all in with whoever's under center, Jen. Man, I think you're right on the on the take care of your guys thing as a resolution because that would be turning over a new leaf, right? Because usually when you are making a resolution, you're, you're resolving, right, to do something that you've been putting off or you're trying to do something that you've never done before. You're making a positive change or you're recognizing perhaps somewhere in your life where you've maybe strayed a little and so you're trying to correct that with a resolution. If you're the Denver Broncos, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's very conspicuous, Zach, that – could you turn the volume up on your mic? I haven't noticed any – I thought I was good. For Mike – or for Zach – uh, his mic. Anyway, if you're the Broncos, though, let's recount real quick how many of their own guys, own draft picks, John Elway has re-signed to multi-year deals over the years. Just real quick. Von Miller, Virgil Green. Of all people. Jeff Hireman. Of all people. Uh, I need to I need to pull up Bulls. the uh, the draft history. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It'll come to me. Um, all right, hold on. Let me think. Uh, bear with me one second. And you, normally, uh, I'm, I must be off my game a little bit here because this is normally something I could I could have instant recall on. All right, here we go. Let me start from 2011. All right, Von Miller and Virgil. All right, even though Julius Thomas was a Pro Bowler in that class, did not get a, a, an extension. None from Orlando. He ended up signing elsewhere. Uh, no for no no Malik, no Danny Trevathan, no Brock, no uh, Derek Wolf. So there's three. All right, uh, looking at 2013. Sylvester didn't get it. Kayvon didn't get it. Monte Ball, of course, not. No one there. Uh, 2014, let me just take a look here. Bradley Roby, nope. Cody Latimer, nope. Michael Schofield, nope. Lamine Barrow, Matt Paradis would have been nice, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. 2015, Shane Ray, nope. Tyson Brylow, nope. Jeff Hireman, who I've already listed. Um, no, I haven't yet. So four. Vaughn, Virgil, um, Tyson, or uh, Jeff Hireman, and uh, – who did, I, who did I just forget? Oh, Derek Wolf. All right, one more. Bear with me here, gang. Sorry, bear with me. All right, I'm looking again at, at 15. That's it. 2016, Zach. 
Connor McGovern, nope, let him go. Will Parks, nope, let him go. Andy Janovich traded. Connor, let him go. Justin Simmons, still kind of floating in the breeze. Garrett Bowles, that's it. That's it. Now that doesn't count. That doesn't count CJ Anderson as a as a college free agent or Chris Harris. But it's five guys. That's it, Zach. So yeah, even though Shelby's not a homegrown guy in terms of an original round draft pick in Denver, he was developed by the Broncos. Get him signed. And Justin Simmons was a draft pick. Get him signed. And I also want to maybe take care of some of the RFAs who've who've given their all. I mean, even players that don't necessarily need new contracts like Malik Reed or like Tim Patrick, like Philip Lindsay, you have to show some in-house loyalty for the same reason you showed it to Garrett Bowles. You pay Garrett Bowles not just for what he will do, but for what he has done so far. They should do the same thing for Shelby Harris. He's contributed everything, Chad, every which way the last few seasons. He needs a long-term contract. By the way, Kenneth, great question, dude. Great question. I still might actually turn that into an article, dude. Uh, J-Lo, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, if we give Locke another season and it doesn't work out, do you guys think Marcus Mariota could be the answer? He could be available in 2022. So, yeah, for what it's worth, Mariota was was connected to the Broncos by Connor Orr at Sports Illustrated saying, hey, you know, Broncos should take a look at, at signing him, but he's under contract with the Raiders next year. So I guess they have a team option. You inform me, Zach. He, they might not necessarily bring Mariota back. Yeah. We'll see. But what's your answer? If I'm waiting until 22 to get a quarterback, I'm not getting Marcus Mariota based on you know a glimpse of what he showed this year with the Raiders. I, I You need that stud. In the building. And that's why I'm advocating for the Broncos not to go for a veteran like a has been or a broken down guy, but go for a young quarterback in the second or third round. You can get your Jalen Hurts. You can maybe get your Dak Prescott. It doesn't have to be a first round quarterback, but you need to have that young, preferably dual threat quarterback to compete in this league, Chad. And I don't know that Marcus Mariota, two years from now, is going to be that guy. Maybe this year as a backup, if the Raiders let him go, I'd bring him in for some insurance, but not to be the starter two years from now. By that point, the Broncos have to have that young guy being groomed, not Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and if it's not Drew, I mean, if 2021 proves that Drew's not the guy, you got to go back to the well and you got to find the long-term answer in the draft. Muhammad, good to see you, my friend. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year, Muhammad. Thank to you. you as well. Uh, all right, let me see. Joseph, thank you thank for you, the Joseph. stars, my friend. means a lot. And I'm looking here. It looks like as well, John, we had an extra one. You might have grabbed this while I was looking on um, at the draft class here, but we had another one from Marcus. Real quick, Marcus, appreciate that, my thank friend. Uh, Jason Christopher in the house. Good to see you, my brother. He says, Happy New Year's Eve, Chad and Zach. Did Elway subconsciously endorse Locke as the starter next year in his in- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Interview with the team site today. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Let me uh, let me pull it up. Normally, that's something I'm on top of, but I'll be honest with you guys today. I spent a little bit too much time in my kitchen putting together the perfect prime rib roast to feed my family on New Year's Eve. It's a very rare treat for for Clan Jensen, so I might have missed this one, but we can take a look at it. Yeah, and also Elway pretty much confirmed that most of the coaching staff will be back next season, which is no surprise. We knew that about Fangio, and that extends to his coordinators in Ed Donatel and Pat Shermer. The one wild card that we all expect to get fired is Tom McMahon. But it's no surprise, Chad, that the intimation is that Locke is returning because the one thing that Elway has stressed, the one buzzword going into 21, is continuity. And they want that among the coaching staff, and that trickles down to the quarterback. So I'm not surprised they're going in with Locke to be maybe the guy to start next season. He might not end this season that way, but he's going to get another shot with Pat Shermer. All right. I think I found it. I don't think, uh, Carlos, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat, brother. It says, Carnalitos got to rekindle a winning culture. There you go. There's a resolution right there, my friend. Good to see you. And Carlos, we really appreciate how supportive you've been to this podcast and to MHH all year long, my friend. So appreciate you. Thank you. We also got one here from uh, the stream looks great. Okay, good. Good to hear. Glad to, glad to hear that. The light. It's all about this new light. I'm telling you. Uh, Jeremy jumping in again, Black Knight 232. Uh, appreciate you, my dog. And hope everything went well on the video game. I'm guessing you're listening and gaming at the same time. <laughs> Is there a way, says Black Knight 232, to grab Kellen Moore and make him the OC and Rippin the QB coach, let Shermer and Shula kick rocks? Zach, you cover the Dallas Cowboys for one of your NFL jobs as a journalist. What's your answer? Well, there's a couple of things that are that are uh, the problem here with this scenario is that Kellen Moore is already an OC, so he, he wouldn't take a lateral move to be the Broncos OC. You'd have to attach like assistant head coach to that title. And also the fact that he's in high demand right now. Not only is he beloved by the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, he's being courted by Boise State, his alma mater, to be the head coach. He wants to be a head coach, and I think it's not long before he is a head coach. Maybe not at the NFL level, but certainly at the college level. I don't think it's realistic, though, Chad, to have that young creative mind. I mean, he's, he's in his mid-30s, and he just resonates with any quarterback, young or old. To have that creative mind in the building would be such a boon for Drew Locke in the offense. I'd love to see Locke at a more scheme. It's just not very realistic considering the circumstances. All right, we'll do a quick – I agree, by the way. It's it's not going to happen. Let's do a quick here 
uh, for under the fair use doctrine, a quick snippet of what Elway had to say. I hope this is where he says he talks a little bit about Locke. If not, we'll have to circle back and maybe grab it another day because I don't want to play the whole video. First of all, it's five minutes long. Second of all, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get in any hot water with YouTube. Well, obviously disappointing. I think that, uh, you know, we had higher expectations. Of, you know, thought we'd win more football games, at least get in the hunt. So I think, you know, getting up the slow start we did hurt us. And then the injuries that we got. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it was disappointing. I thought we had high hopes. But then again, with everything that's gone on, we knew, you know, offensively we were going to be tremendously young. Um, you know, no obviously no preseason that uh, we were going to be a little bit behind the eight ball and, that, and it showed early. But, uh, you know, there were some bright spots, some good things, some flashes that we did see. So there's some good positive things coming out that, uh, you know, hopefully we can use going into next year. I was going to say this time of year, you look ahead, you look uh, for some promising signs. Uh, you feel encouraged about the direction, though, and uh, heading into 2021? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we have to. That's the only thing we can do. And I think that, you know, when we look at what we have, when you look roster-wise, we kind of look – you know, where we are turnover ratio wise, dead last in the league. And just knowing that there's no way you can win football games, turn the ball up as much as, as many times as we had. Plus not, uh, we haven't done a good job getting turnovers either. So the, the mix of both those has put us behind the eight ball. So, but you look at the roster, there's a lot of good young football players. We believe, you know, and Drew's Drew showed some flashes. Obviously he's been very inconsistent, but showed some flashes and we still have high hopes for Drew that, uh, you know, with a good offseason, a good a lot of hard work this offseason, a lot of film study that, uh, you know, he can come back and be a very good quarterback in this league. All right. I think that's that's what he's speaking to, right? Still having the high hopes, Zach. I think that's about as close as, a, as an anointing as you're going to get before the end-of-season press conference. But remember, Elway doesn't like to give you what you want to in terms of the media. It wouldn't surprise me if he leaves it as an open-ended question when he's point blank asked on the end of season, is Drew the guy in 2021? It wouldn't surprise me because remember last year, after he finished four and one as a starter, Elway didn't anoint anoint Locke until he got to Indianapolis at the combine and said, Drew is our plan. First of all, did you guys happen to notice in that highlight package that Jerry Judy dropped they highlighted in the corner of the end zone? That was a dime. That was a touchdown pass. And there's a reason why I'm bringing that up, not just to kind of vindicate Locke for that performance and kind of, you know, that it was Jerry Judy's fault for that loss for the most part. But that's also, I think, a subtle indication from the Broncos organization that it's not all on Locke. He hasn't gotten the help this year either, Chad. And, you know, we've seen it, Elway sees it, I think some of the fan base sees it. It's been a collective failure in multiple areas, and that's what he was saying. He lost that on the reps, but then they haven't gotten takeaways either. They haven't just given away the ball. They haven't gotten takeaways. I think John's whole thing there, his whole his whole sell to us is it's not all on Locke. Yeah, Locke wasn't perfect. He has to be better, more consistent. But I think Elway's message is that with time, with continuity, and everyone pulling their own weight, this could be a dangerous team with Locke under center. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably shouldn't have ran it as long as I did because I didn't think that I didn't think to think that they were going to show some game clips. So they might end up dinging us for that, but it's all good. Um, Naj Altaf jumping in, man, just appreciate you, my friend. Thank Another you, guy that has, I wouldn't say come out of the woodwork, but he he's he's this season he's really come on strong this football season and. It's just been great having you riding shotgun with us, Naj, and we appreciate all your contributions and, and your support. And, of course, 
you know, talking about the chat too and the knowledge and your insight that you bring, it, it means a lot to us. So he says, Happy New Year, brothers. Very concerned about Shermer coming back. Seems clear Fangio is primarily interested in the defense. Shermer's game planning, terrible. Teaching lock, terrible. League leading turnovers, etc. Yeah, I mean, the only way to put lipstick on this pig in terms of Shermer coming back, Zach, is you're pinning your hopes on OTAs, more reps, continuity, that it's all going to click and spark right. next year. But it just has been so lackluster that it's hard to, to really catch that vision. But I think the Broncos are going to stay committed to him for, for this year. Yeah, they're putting the hopes in either Locke being the guy or Shermer being the right coordinator for Locke. And if either of those things fails next year, Chad, the experiment will be a failure and they will have to move on. So it's a bold strategy, not moving on from one or the other, but they, they're going all in on the C word this year, and that's continuity. They want chemistry and they want consistency from their co- quarterback and their coaching staff. And those two things are mutually exclusive. Stu Meat with the super sticker. Appreciate that, my friend. We, we say thank you right back. You've been uh, so consistent as as a supporter of this podcast, and and it just means a lot to us, my friend. So thank you for all of your contributions this year. Um, I know we have a, a, one or two more supers that are in the chat here, but I, real quick, we're going to run out of time if I don't do it now. I just want to do a quick um, a quick look here at the head to head. Of course, the Broncos have already played the Raiders. We know how that turned out. Not good. Um, but I want to see where these two teams – I want everyone else to see anyway. I've already studied this. Uh, where these two teams are matching up with a full you know, 15 games worth of sample size under their belt. So Raiders sitting at 7-8. and eight. Turnover margin, they haven't been good either. They're bottom third of the league. Broncos dead last. Offense, though, let's take a look. The Raiders – Zach, offense hasn't been the Raiders' problem this year. It's been that defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Derek Carr has played really well this year, actually. But look at this. All right. The Raiders have one, two, three, four, five, six of the major statistical categories. They are in the top 10, including third down percentage. They've done, Derek Carr just does a good job finding the weakness on, on third down. Meanwhile, let's take a quick look over here at the Broncos. Look at all that red. I mean, middle of the pack in rushing, that's about the only thing you can really hang your hat on and sacks allowed. That's it. Fumbles lost, only nine. You say only, but it's still good for 21st. Otherwise, look at all that red. And remember, what does red mean? NFL bottom 10. Okay, that's what red signifies. Now look here, though. Here's a here's a heartening connection. The, the Raiders defense, Zach, is like the mirror image of the Broncos offense. Look at all that red. Right. Two spots where they're middle of the pack, but everything else dead last. Meanwhile, the Broncos' defense has definitely felt the effects of all this injury turnover because even though the Broncos went seven and nine last year, they were an off a defense. Excuse me, they were had many statistical rankings uh, in the top of the league. The only thing they have to hang their hat on this time is red zone. So this is the this is the head to head comparisons here. What jumps out to you, Zach? Well, this is this is going to be another situation where it's up to the Broncos' offense to likely win the game. I do I do believe that Carr and the Raiders' offense and Jacobs and Waller and all the receivers they're going to get their yards, they're going to get their points. I do think the Denver defense though can keep them pretty much limited for the most part. But it goes back to the offense and how good is Locke going to be? How good is the game planning going to be? How good is the play calling going to be? How good is the running game going to be without Philip Lindsay? Now, this is what the things I wonder about. If the offense can get going, Chad, it can give the defense 
um, a, a leg up to operate with a lead at their back. They can pin their ears back and really get after Derek Carr. And maybe they can string together 17, 20 unanswered points. They can really take hold of this game. It's the same story every week, though. The Denver defense should do its job relatively well, and it's up to the offense to match the points of the opponent. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? We don't know. The killer this year, I mean, aside from the obvious, we've talked about the injuries, but if you look at what's really the two areas that have crushed the Broncos, it's the giveaways. I'll I'll say three. It's the giveaways, the lack of takeaways, and then right here, points per game. Fangio's defense very um, uh, uncharacteristically given up almost 28 points per game. You just can't win in the league. I don't care who your offense is. And maybe you're saying, well, you know, the defense is out there too much because the Broncos offense has been too inconsistent. And there's some truth to that, but it's not an excuse that the defense can look at each other in that room and use as a real out, right. To get the onus off of this 28 points a game. But Zach, here's, here's what I say. All right. As, as far as what jumps out here, this Raiders defense, all that red don't sleep on them. Did they look like a bottom 10 defense when the Broncos faced them earlier this year in Vegas? Not to me. I mean, it's it, they, NFL teams, we've talked about the blood in the water effect, right? The shark effect. And that look, middle to the road, average, below average defenses, when they go up against a bad offense, suddenly they look like the 85 Bears. And that's what I don't want to see this time from Drew Locke and the Broncos. I want to see, look, maybe it's not a offensive outpouring like we saw in Carolina, but it's at least a close game where you're going blow for blow and you know, maybe it shakes out similar to the way week 17 last year played out, Zach, where it came down to the final possession and the Broncos needed a stop and they got it and they ended up winning the game by a single score. Whatever the case might be, I want to see the Denver Broncos at least keep up this time with the Raiders, not just get punched in the mouth, fall down, curl up, die. That's a good point you bring up about how some of the worst defenses in the NFL or maybe even the worst offenses seem to come to life against Denver. It's always a uh, it's an interesting trend every year. But, you know, whereas I saw the Chargers game last week can be sloppy and low scoring, that was my prediction and mostly came true. I think this one can be a blowout either way. The Broncos can really take it to the Raiders if their offense clicks or like we saw in the first matchup, if the Raiders offense clicks and the Broncos offense does nothing, this can go away from Denver pretty fast as well. I think this is going to be a fairly high-scoring game. I don't know why I do. I think it's going to be like a a 35-30 type game and lock and and car exchanging uh, touchdowns. I don't know who's going to come out on top yet. Keep you guys in suspense for that, but it should be uh, fun to watch Sunday. Do you think Melvin Gordon gets over 1,000? And then we'll grab Austin here. You know, I mean, I think any competent coordinator would kind of feed him extra to get him to that number. It's only 107 yards away. It's not a lot. He could do it against that Raiders defense, but... Is Pat Shermer competent enough to get that done? I don't know if he's going to lean too much on on Locke, give more carries to Royce Freeman or Bellamy. I do hope he gets it, and I think it's uh, he has a good chance this week. All right. We have now crossed the one-hour mark, so let's grab these remaining supers, and then we'll get out of your hair, gang, and you can enjoy your New Year's Eve. Austin Ryder, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on, on Twitter. He says, the 2021 Broncos wish list, number one, Find an owner for the franchise not named Bolin. Number two, make the playoffs. Hey, I think that's fair. I would uh, I would probably reverse that, but maybe you would say that the, the second doesn't come without the first. Uh, I'm not so sure. I, I do agree that they need resolution at owner, Zach, but I'm not so sure that you, know, you bring in uh, any – whatever that owner might be, I'm not sure that immediately results in a 2021 playoff berth. So, look, the Broncos have the horses – 
They just need the football gods to smile on them a little bit in 2021 and give them the OTAs, give them the reps, and give them relatively good health. Yeah, I'm not one who thinks that the Broncos were bad this year or last year because of their lack of ownership or all the infighting that's going on. If they had no less injuries and better quarterbacking and better coaching in certain spots, they would have been a better team this year. And there's more steps in between that than finding an owner and making the playoffs. They have to find an inside linebacker, a cornerback. They have to find some offensive line help. You have to settle on your quarterback for next year. But yeah, an owner, Chad, it's got to be on the by 22. That has to be finalized. George, good to see you, my friend. Another one of our cornerstone foundational superstars. Appreciate you, my brother. Hope you, I know you had a great Christmas from what I've seen talking with you and seeing on Facebook. So have, hope you have a great Happy New Year as well. He says, actually, uh, quite late due to New Year's, but Happy New Year's, guys. And this man's <laughs> is the bomb. Yeah, he uh, he let me know. He DM'd me. He's like, hey, dude, I, I use that code huddle. Oh, nice. And got my free shipping and got my uh, 25% off when it was 25%, now it's 20%, but it's still a great, great discount. So uh, glad to hear, there's your there's your testimonial right there. Gio, we love you, buddy. Yeah, manscaped.com, promo code HUDDLE. Uh, George, I hope it's all, you know, it's nice and smooth. They can breathe now, right? Let us know. Indeed, indeed. And Stu Primakov jumping in to, to show some love on, on Super Chat before we, we dip on out of here. Really, really appreciate that. Much. And there's, there's your code, hey? You know, there's your code, manscaped.com, HUDDLE. Go ahead and throw them up, John. Last one, guys, and then we got to get out of here. From Frederick808, thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, Happy New Year's, guys. Go Broncos. And our message to you, Frederick, connect with us on Twitter. We're going to keep the conversation going there. And uh, enjoy your New Year's, your New Year's Eve, but make sure you connect with us on, on social media. And have a happy New Year. All right, guys, I think that's it. Thank you for showing out, Marcus. Again, thank you for those stars, my friend. You've been on fire tonight. And it all adds up, and it all means a lot to us, my brother. Uh, I guess he's got a question, too. Let's grab this, then we'll go. He says, are the Broncos' uh, offense fully fit now? If so, uh, then I think we can win. Mm, well, you don't have Phillip. You Cortland. don't have Cortland. But in terms of the guys who've been around all year, for the most part, yes, they're, they're fully fit. Graham Glasgow, healthy. Um, you just need Jerry Judy to catch the ball. You need Melvin to have a yeah. day. Hamler's out, too. More than That's true. Hamler, Hamler's unlikely to play this game. So um, we'll see. But, yeah, the, they don't really have any more excuses because even though they, they lacked all those offseason reps, Zach, they have them now. You know, they had to get them during live bullet stakes, you know, and games that counted. But, you know, in terms of 2020, they're as good and as healthy as they're ever going to be here at right. the season finale. So go get it. I mean, you still have a former pro bowler, 1,000-yard rusher, and potentially another one in Melvin Gordon. You have a first-round uh, potential breakout pro bowler next year, uh, tight end to Noah fan. You have a first-round receiver in Jerry Judy. You have Tim Patrick, who's reliable. The Broncos' offense, Chad, is not hurting for weapons, and that was always the point we made this season. It's so maddening. The offense should have been better because they're not hurting for talent. They've always had the horses, even with the injuries. Yep. Yeah, shout-out, as, as uh, our boy here says, Joe. To uh, Buona Beast, giving them, giving the man behind the behind the scenes some credit and some love. <clears throat> and John's been great. You know, we found John in the community. John came from the community in 2019, and um, his role with MHH has just grown and grown in 2020. And he, you know, he's uh, he's a great help to us. He's a great help to Zach and myself. And you know, this is a guy that lives, breathes Broncos country 
MHH community. Like this is a guy who literally like goes to sleep at night worrying about what what's going on in this community member's life because what they said on Twitter or, you know, reaching out to see how this person's doing because of what they said. So it's genuine, real concern and care and love and appreciation for everyone that comes from John. And I think, Zach, a big part of that is because he came from the community. You know, he came from the listeners um, and the viewers and that whole click and that crew. So we do appreciate John, of course, on this show big time. Yeah, he was a street free agent, and now he's a long-term building block for the podcast. So we do love John. He's the Shelby Harris of the podcast, just coming up there to lunch every time. There you go. All right, guys, we're out of here. Follow the pod on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then John, Buona Beast at John K, that's K-A-Y-M-H-H. Guys, don't forget to like this video, especially if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Before you dip out, like, it's a small thing, but it actually helps in a big, bad way for us to compete with the robots out there in these algorithms. Just a, it's, it's another way to help us out. So like it. And then, Zach, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy Thank New you for Year. everything you've done. You've, you've just crushed it this year in 2020, and I can't wait to see what 2021 holds. Same to you, Chad, and your family and your, you know, your wonderful wife as well. And uh, 21 is going to be a much better year personally and also professionally. You and I both have a ton of plans, Chad. We have so many things we're cooking up, and we're going to take this podcast and MHH to a new level. Everyone out there listening and not listening right now, thank you all for grinning it out and gutting through what's been a terrible year and even worse season for the Broncos. Another playoff list season in Denver. But you know what? The upswing is coming, Chad. The tide is turning. We're going to all have a better 21. With that said, see you next year. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.